Hey, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. <laughs> of course. Good job. Mm-mm-mm. Not every haunting is driven by evil. It happens even in the most mundane of places. Down the block, around the corner, and sometimes in our own homes. Paranormal Crossroad is here to bridge the gap between the living and the dead. Are you living through a haunting at home or at work? Do you need answers? Contact the all-female paranormal research team today. Go to pxroad.com to get the answers you seek. So, here we are, <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> it's been only four days this time, I believe. No, now what are we going to talk about? <laughs> I know. Well, you know what we're going to talk about here in just a second, because we got to give those people who haven't watched the new Sasquatch movie a couple seconds to fast forward, and I'll put in here how long they have to fast forward to. Okay, so there aren't any major spoilers, but just to be safe, Head on in about 20 minutes in. But we, we, we're going to talk some Squatch. Mm-hmm. And this I feel like this has been so long coming. It, it feels like it's been forever. And there's a part of me that's like in conversation now. And, I, I'm, and I'm hoping that by the time that this episode comes out, which means the show Sasquatch will be out. I'm mm-hmm. hoping I'm hoping it becomes such a big part, like Tiger King big. So when people yes. start talking and having conversations about Sasquatch, it's going to create this weird confusion of like are the show or the uh, the creature. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And I, I, I'm just for those of you that don't know and decided not to fast forward. It is a new three part series on the Hulu's, and it's. Not what I expected, but so good and so intriguing. And it had all the elements that kept me watching. So I'm going to let you dive in first. Uh, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head, though. It's 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 what I wasn't expecting, but also at the same time, it's what I was expecting. Because are we really going to get a three-part series that's going to... That, the conclusion is going to be that Sasquatch murdered uh, three uh, pot growers. No. Yeah. It's just not. It's just not good. And if it did and Hulu managed to keep it under wraps or the Duplass brothers or whoever is involved managed to keep it under wraps, good for you. But it would be such a scientific uh, explosion that there, I mean, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't even get a show. They'd just be like, this is a big deal. We're going to put it right into the news and inject everyone's veins, inject it into everyone's veins. Absolutely. And, you know, even after watching the trailer, I was like, oh, I see where this is going. And I'm still intrigued. Yeah, it was informative. I mean, I learned a lot about a, uh, uh, an era. Growing that, pot in the 90s. <laughs> yes. Uh, about something that I just don't know a lot about. A, a lot about, except we've heard a lot about it. I mean, like the movie Pineapple Express. Granted, it wasn't the 90s. It was the 50s. But they like loosely touched on it as like the a butt of the joke of the movie. But I, this show deep, di- deep dove into... Uh, what it really is, but the best part about it, and I talked about this 
a couple episodes ago when we initially talked about it is it's about a story and the and how we use stories to basically give us rules to follow like don't go into that dark mm-hmm. cave because there's an unknown being that will murder you don't walk alone in the woods at night because there is a creature who will wear your skin as a halloween costume we just don't like that's what we do to set rules i mean the whole concept of our being essentially uh is based on rules and yeah you know faith as a whole is sort of based on and i won't dive too deep into that but like you have heaven and hell. You have a place that you don't want to go to because it is described as the worst thing anyone would ever want to endure, dead or alive, regardless. And that is the place you don't want to wind up. And you have to do these things, not wind up there. And, yes. and there, just rules. like Hansel and Gretel, don't go eating candy that doesn't belong. I mean, it's it's all trying to keep people in their place. And yeah. Uh, a lot of the not cryptid so much, but like the the creepy old legends and lores and fucking fairy tales are all that. It's really amazing, and I, and I think you know because every part of me was really frustrated as it's wrapping up, and and uh, the investigator of the whole thing said he's like, like, do I believe Bigfoot exists? No, but you know, it's this is a story, and this you know yada yada yada, and like that to me, it was frustrating. But at the same time, I'm like, man. This is such an amazing perspective and Mm -hmm. gave me a new way to look at things. Um, Like all this alien shit that's happening uh, with the U.S. government. It's like, do I think these are little green men? I don't, I really don't know. Could this be used to kind of instill fear over certain things? Potentially, I don't, I don't know. But it's that new perspective of like, what is something that's trying to scare us? Uh, into not doing something or to do something. I don't know. Yeah. I loved the main character of this, the reporter guy who was like hardcore, would go undercover to get the stories back in the 90s, early 2000s. I think he did a really good job. He left zero stones unturned. He got, he found everybody that, so what it is, is this without giving too much away, I don't think we're going to, we're going to give away the end. I really don't. But it's a story he heard while he was um, on a pot farm in the early nineties. Was it? Yep. Has to be. Cause he's about my age and two Mexican immigrant workers, three were killed and they were tore the fuck up. And he was in this cabin hanging out with his buddies. And I think it was the cabin of the the pot farm owner or something like that. And three guy, two or three guys come running in and said, oh, my God, so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so is dead. And fucking Bigfoot killed them. And this yep. is a story that just ate at him. For 30-some years. Or is it 40 at this point? I don't even know. What even is time? Yeah. Um, and he just wanted to get to the bottom of it. It's And it takes all these twists and turns. And at one point, you find out, oh, there's a guy named Bigfoot because he has big feet, which, you know, means he has something else big, I'm assuming, because I didn't want to call him Big Dick. So- but <laughs> Socks, Kitsy. Come on. They could have called him Big Socks. <laughs> Could have called him big shoes too, but you just had to go straight there. No one was ready. 
No one, people <laughs> haven't had coffee yet listening to this, and you just hit I've them. been preparing this all day. It's 8 <laughs> o'clock here, so p.m. Um, and, you know, and he goes to lengths to find that guy. First, his wife calls up, is like, nah, rah, 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 and the other guy's like, well, I'll tell you what, you know, so, and it's it was just very well done. A lot of... You kind of get the vibe like you're doing something you shouldn't be doing while you're watching it. Yes. When he's filming people in the car, but the camera's like in his like side compartment. So you can just kind of see a little bit of the person, but you can hear everything beautifully. Yeah. He, they did a really good job. It's it, it's crazy that we're at this point. This, I don't want to say standstill, but we've hit a point in in the streaming world. The true crime world where I think these documentaries are getting made so frequently and so quickly because people are so hungry for them. You know, you have Discovery Plus now is churning them out that we're not really in the day and age that we were where true crime documentaries were gritty and they were investigative. And you had these people who, who, needed, who needed their voice changed and who needed... Uh, their faces blurred, and you had that cell phone footage and hidden camera and the sunglasses. And I feel like we just don't get that anymore. Feel I feel like we missed it. I missed it now that I, we got it. With I this. missed it. You know, I think Tiger King was so fascinating because, in a way, he. I mean, essentially, like you knew the story had an end, but this camera crew had been fought. They fell into this trap. So you're watching everything that's you know, happening essentially in real time. But I feel like a lot of documentaries are that we get now are recreated scenes, are talking heads of people just r- recalling things, mm-hmm. um, crime scene photos, hidden, you know, uh, security camera footage. We're not getting that investigative piece that we love yes. so much. And even podcasts. There were some amazing true crime podcasts where you're hearing phone calls or like hidden mics on the person who's going to someone's door and you're hearing cereal the original yes oh my god yeah (laughs) it's a time that i didn't know i missed you know i i don't want to say i'm i've personally gotten bored with true crime documentaries because they're all interesting it's always you know it's it's always dessert if i know the story it's a nice chocolate cake for me it's it's something that just it it's easy to, to digest it's delicious. It's fun, and it, that it is what it is. But I, this made me miss that investigative. We, you, exactly what you just said. It makes you feel like you shouldn't be watching it, and you're like, oh, this is so exciting. And he gets in the car with somebody, and you're like, oh my god, do we need to? Do we need to are, look? Are they let him show his face. Oh my god. Yes. yes, it's and you know it takes me back to the Cecil Hotel doc, which was beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. It was, there was no investigative reporting in there. I never felt like I was getting something new and exciting during that entire documentary. But this, this was all of that and more. Yes, absolutely. And three episodes, easy binge. Yeah, it's it's just, again, it's all perspective. And I'm always, I don't like when someone tells me something isn't real. It frustrates me, but I also understand it. But if you can provide another perspective for me, then you've got me hooked and we can have a a mighty fine fucking conversation. So yeah, this did that for me. And I, I, I felt like I learned about something that I didn't know. 
it never stayed on something too long. It wasn't like episode one, Bigfoot, Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Sasquatch, episode two and three, Pot Farm, we red herringed you. It doesn't do that. And it handled everything it so well. It constantly goes back and forth. And I do not want to give it away to the people. But it ended really well. And there was like a moral to the story. And I really enjoyed it. I tried to watch a little bit of this new Ed Gein documentary, speaking of Discovery Plus. Mm-hmm. And I want to give Sasquatch documentary props because I hate recreations. I hate when they have actors playing real life people. However, the way this documentary did it with the cartoon figures Mm -hmm. was fucking stunning. It was so cool. As the kids would say, it was a vibe. Uh, Yes. And it it felt, because it it, it didn't take away from anything. It wasn't a recreation Mm -hmm. to put you there. It was, I was still on the same timeline. I was still with the the uh, the main investigative journalist, and I felt like we were just kind of in his drawings that like this was his memory and he was describing yes. this thing and it felt yeah it was just it's just I don't, the more time I've had to sit with it the more there is that sort of it's like watching a movie you've been waiting your whole life for or when, not even your whole life that's extreme waiting like two years for which is I guess most movies these days with all the delays. <laughs> But when you see it for the first time, like a Godzilla versus Kong or an Avengers Infinity War or whatever, there is that moment when you leave and you go, I, you know, I think I need to see it a second time. Like, I, I, I've i seen it. I think I need to see it again because those expectations are out the window. And I think if you're a sucker for Bigfoot, Sasquatch, like I am, like we are, there is that sort of moment when you when you finish and you wrap up and you go, okay, uh, cool. Um yeah. My expectations weren't realistic at all, but I had kind of yeah. hoped for for some some more Sasquatch piece and less true crime. And then once you swallow that pill and you're like, cool, done, you can look back on it and go, damn, that was really compelling and really well done. And my expectations were wildly unrealistic. <laughs> well, I mean, that's the public in general. Come on, we can we can all admit it. When people are hating on fucking Star Wars, that wasn't the first three episodes. Yeah. We all ha- our expectations are just too fucking high. We all need yeah. to just reel it in a little bit and just let ourselves be entertained. So this does that, and it and I've watched a lot of motherfucking documentaries lately. And I never thought I'd be that girl, but I am. And this one was so well done and again do we call him the main character the the reporter who's actually do we know his name off the top of our head i feel like we should have I, I, I should have had like notes before looked that up <laughs> he's amazing and he's a great great storyteller oh he's and he just wants to figure shit out and i i love his brain is pretty much what this all boils down to is i love his brain yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I'm trying to look up his, <laughs> his name so we can do justice. I, I will say he's kind of got that aging rock star vibe to him, too, which made him seem even cooler. Yep. So <laughs> that's David, always a bonus. David Holthouse? Does that sound yeah, right? That sounds, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's super fascinating. And, and, and there are just layers to his story that slowly kind of unravel. 
Um, and it's just all around. It's incredibly fascinating. And I, I highly recommend, um, if you haven't watched it already, what are you doing? Uh, after you listen to this podcast, of course, turn it on. Give it a watch because, hot damn, I mean, we just don't get a lot of true crime shows like this anymore. And Mm-mm. honestly, you know, Kitsy and I, we're not movie critics, we're not show critics, but, you know, Kitsy watches a lot of docu- true crime documentaries. That is her jam. I do. And I'm hella, really... I'm hella picky. So both of us are highly recommending this to you. So you should You've got Art like... House versus Fangirl. <laughs> and we both say thumbs up. Yes, absolutely. It's a change of pace. From what we're getting consistently over and over, it's a new story I guarantee you you've never heard before um, with a fascinating spin that's not clickbait. I don't I don't feel like I was no. clickbaited into this documentary. I feel like it is exactly what it should, uh, could, and is. Could have, I don't know, that was a disaster, uh, but it's great. <laughs> That's the title of this show. No, absolutely not. So what else have the Duplass brothers done over the years? Uh, Well, I mean, they've done a ton of fantastic movies and shows, uh, both acted, uh, both in front of and behind the camera. But um, the the documentary they did that a lot of people grew to love was the Netflix documentary. You can hear me talking slower because I'm looking it up. Wild Wild Country <laughs> and Evil Genius, which are two of my favorite true crime documentaries, funny enough. Funny enough. <laughs> I've not seen either one. You, now yeah, I will you, have to check them out. You saw Evil Genius, the one about the bank heist, that they strapped the bomb to the pizza boy. The oh, I just collar. knew the story. Oh, the documentary is fantastic. I think I've seen a different documentary because I, the one I saw in it was not that great. So uh, this um, one's great. This one is another one of those that like the camera is like you are in it. The do- the filmmaker went to the home of the person who was involved, and he's like, "No, I'm not guilty," and walks him through his garage, and he opens like freezers that a potential like body could have been in. It's wild. That woman. Is pure evil. Oh, that's all I'm saying. That's <laughs> evil genius. That title is so yep. good. Um, but yeah, I mean, hot damn. They're, they know a good story when they see it. I mean, they've been telling, mm-hmm. the Duplass brothers have been telling stories for a long time. And uh, them in the true crime space is just heaven for me. Um, and it should be for everybody else because they just haven't really made a bad one yet. And they're really bringing something different to uh, an oversaturated kind of market. I mean, we're getting a new true crime documentary, I feel like, every three days. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm currently on watching something on Netflix. It's about um, time uh, crimes that blew up because of the media. Like, it started off with, like, the Jenny Jones murder, and, and then it went to the guy who um, was on the train and he actually killed the kids that were trying to mug him. And I think it's gone on to a third one at this point. I'm only doing it when I work out and I haven't been working out much lately. So um, I need to catch up on that. So it's, it's actually a really fun watch as well. It's beautifully done. I wish I could remember. I don't now what the name of it is maybe i'll do a little voiceover going oh yeah that was this but with this one yeah. um i'll text you what it is it's actually a really good watch they it's done beautifully no and it's all fucking news footage because these stories blew up in the media 
So, yeah. And this, again, I'm saying five out of five big feats for the Sasquatch movie. Yeah. And you? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I it's... Um highly recommended i think in this in this time that it's coming out there's really honestly like what else are you going to be watching um there's really no big tentpole movies coming out this week and i just think it's the perfect the perfect view and, and the fact that it drops on a tuesday i believe it's perfect you know even if you mm-hmm. have plans over the weekend watch it you know knock through the three episodes or even knock through one a night before you get to the weekend yeah absolutely but it's highly recommended and god i am so at the end, at the end of the day, I'm so damn grateful for true crime documentaries because when we get back and we can all like socialize and hang out with each other and talk, the fact that we have all as a people ingested so much true crime documentary stuff, mm-hmm. I'm I'm so happy to like have a conversation with a group of people and not have someone regurgitate like a stand up routine that they heard <laughs> and like repeat it. Instead, we can all talk about like this true crime documentary that maybe one of us didn't watch. And he and mm-hmm. they're explaining it. I am so grateful for that. You have no idea. <laughs> Hells to the and then people would just be dropping the name Sasquatch everywhere, which oh. is always a good time. Yeah, I need it to blow. I need this show to blow up. Like I need everyone who listens to this podcast to watch it, um, and then just leave it on loop. I don't know if Hulu works like Spotify does, but if you just basically just hit repeat or whatever on your Hulu, just let it play. Just get it ranked on the top list so Hulu knows, and then so people just like it spreads on the Twitters and everyone's talking about it, and then boom, we got ourselves a trend, a trending show that we can all talk about and just say Sasquatch more because we need that. Yeah, and just to, you know, on that Twitter, say that Oddity Files highly recommends the Sasquatch documentary, so you so you can get us out there too. I'm just saying we appreciate the hell out of you guys. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please, just tag us, put us in there. Uh, say Oddity Files sent you. <laughs> yes. Amen to that. That didn't take nearly as long as I thought it would, but I think we covered it well. I really do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. give it away. I don't want to give it away. I mean, listen, I we don't could, either. I, I could talk about it for an hour, but I, I just want you to watch it uh, and then, you know, hit us up on Twitter or on the Facebook about it and we'll and we'll take this conversation there. But uh, and then amongst yourselves as well. If you listen, you're in the Facebook group, um, which is Oddity Files Oddity Files fan group on Facebook. Just go in and continue a conversation. Somebody post a picture of the poster, and then go in Facebook and start a conversation with each other and talk about the show because that's what we should be doing. And we're not going to yeah. spoil it for you here, but we're going to tell you you should watch the fucking show because it's great. One million percent. Um. You, before we started, were talking about your your favorite flavored water. <laughs> Listen. And I promised you would get some time to pimp out your favorite flavored water. It's ugly, right? Yeah. I've talked about it before on the podcast. And uh, it's this company called Ugly, based in New York. They started in the UK. And uh, I, I'm not a big soda drinker, but I have this love for I, I like I just love it if I'm somewhere I'll get a sprite you know and I love the bubbles I love the bubbles that's what it is I love the bubbles and the sweetness can also hit me from time to time but I don't like all the, the stuff in it so I switched to sparkling water I did the the LaCroix for a little while and then I realized that you know uh there's some weird shit in there that I probably shouldn't be drinking and uh, really 
Yeah, you don't remember the whole cockroach story or whatever? There was a whole like. Oh no, I missed that. I never did the Lacroix craze. Yeah, it's uh, it's cheap for a reason, and then they the, the cockroach should have, and they jack their price up, and I'm like, well, now they're and it's an even playing field. You know, you have all the sparkling waters cost the same. So I was looking around and trying to find the right balance of flavor and bubbles or whatever. And Ugly makes just a standard lime, peach, and cherry. That's it. But Ugly does these flavors online where they do monthly limited release- releases. It's like birthday cake, like Dr. Pepper, Coca-Cola, uh, pina colada, like all these limited edition flavors. And they just decided to make uh, their cherry cola, which is like cherry Coke, fruit punch, uh, Dr. Ugly, which is like Dr. Pepper, Mount Mountain Dew, which is Mountain Ugly, but it's in it, it's caffeinated wa- sparkling water, and then uh, Orange Soda, which is just Orange Soda. And I finally caved. So I'm like, the the flavors are happening. They're they're it. And I ordered some, and I am just. I mean, I said it on my social media. And I'll say it again. Ugly, uh, and the the founder of the company, Hugh Thomas, is like the Willy Wonka of sparkling water at this point. Like, it's insane. I love it. It's insane. So everyone, if you want to cut the the uh, if you want to cut the soda out of your life, and you want something that tastes just like it, I highly recommend it. And it's totally worth the price of uh, of admission. <laughs> and what's their website? Uh, I think uglydrinks.com. Yep. Oh, perfect. Uglydrinks.com, but it's vegan, gluten free. And there is nothing in it. I'm talking nothing. It is sparkling water and natural flavor. Uh, and then their their caffeinated drinks are like, it's all vitamins and things. It's all the ginseng. It's it's good for you. It's not, you're not like putting a rock star energy drink in your body and getting, you know, shaky, all that. Oh, all the that days stuff. when I would put back some rock star lemonade and then my heart would feel like it was going to explode. The good old days. <laughs> the good old days. I know. I've, I had a rock star one time. I was... Like 16, I had a rock star energy drink because I wanted to feel cool. And I drank it. And like 45 minutes later, I thought I was going to die. And I went home. Oh, yeah. Laid in bed and I was out for like the rest of the day. And I was a teenager. Like, come on. I had a young heart. <laughs> oh, yeah. That rock star lemonade was my jam. I'd put a little bit of vodka in there. Life was good. <laughs> Damn, you partied. Well, maybe. That's why I can't hear hear anything now. So, <laughs> because of the rock star, <laughs> because I partied too hard. Oh, uh, okay. There you go. <laughs> I don't know why I went to that place. Anyway, I had something I was going to bring up, and then I forgot what. It, oh, we did our um our investigate our public investigation at the Athenaeum, and it was so amazing we had a big group of people there with kj and i all the chatty kathy's every single spirit was so super chatty it was insane i posted a couple videos on the patreon page Mm mm-hmm yep we went live for a hot minute with it it was it was very cool and then you know you get the the spirit box out that place loves my um portal plus app i've heard words come across on there that i can't even believe but it was a good time we got a little extra footage for the the second episode of that investigation and the first one um it's called be better it'll be out april 30th 
at 12.01 a.m. on ParanormalXRoad.com. So definitely check that out. If you haven't already, check out the the other episodes that are up there as well. We did a interview with uh, the Paranormal Channel on YouTube last night, all three of us girls. And they actually, before we came on, ran a poll of would you like to see more empathy in paranormal investigative TV? Huh. It was like 60% yes. Wow. With 17%, I don't care either way. So that's like 77% like that style of investigating. I'm kind of stoked. That is fantastic. I was like, can you send me that screen grab by chance? Because I might need that at some point in my life. (laughs) One more thing. I did a TikTok today. So this this usually was like two weeks after we record this. So it'll be up on the Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash oddity files. I went live on the oddity files patreon today and i'm doing a dowsing rod session it's actually the little stools behind me there where i was doing it my fucking dad came through and for 10 minutes i'm bawling live on tiktok today not even kidding i didn't know what to say i didn't know what to do i'm like oh please tell me this isn't like facebook where once you go live it just stays up in your feed forever please no and it didn't and then i thought i lost the goddamn video I did not. So that'll go up on our Patreon page. By the time this is out, it'll be up there. That'll go up for the higher echelons because I don't want everybody seeing me bawling my fucking eyes out. I'm like, (laughs) I'm so sorry, everybody. I had four viewers, so it was perfect. (laughs) That's incredible. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, last night on that live we did on the Paranormal Channel, I brought up the fact that, you know, I've never tried to reach out to my dad. And KJ's all like, are you kidding me? We need to do that. I'm like, no, I'm terrified that he won't come through and I'll be disappointed. And today I'm like, okay, Anna, why don't you cross the rods? Nothing. Is there a female here? Nothing. Is there a male here? Yes. And I'm like, is it Howard? Remember who the fuck is Howard? Yep. No. And I just go, dad, is that you? And they cross, and I'm like, <laughs> it was, y'all missed out. I'm just saying, four people saw it. <laughs> well, those are four of the luckiest people on the planet. They're, they're all typing, aw, this is so sweet. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't like to cry. It's that is hilarious. That is incredible. Holy smokes. Well, Lucky, lucky for the Patreoners, the 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 upper echelon, as you would, as you say. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys we'll get getting something real good, out. apparently. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Super special. Just saying. Oddity files on the Patreon. We should probably throw this over to Jess real quick. She's always got amazing tidbits and super snarkasm. So, Jess, get at it. Hey there, oddballs. It's Jess from Misfortune Astrology here with your weekly energy forecast. Do y'all remember back in February when I told you about the Saturn-Uranus square and how it would be in play all year? Well, it's being activated in a big way this weekend. Currently, Saturn is hanging out at 12 degrees of Aquarius, and Uranus is at 10 degrees of Taurus. So the square isn't exact, but at only two degrees of separation, it's good enough for government work. Along come the personal planets Mercury and Venus to pull the tail of the tiger. 
Venus formed a conjunction to Uranus yesterday, the 22nd. Now, on Saturday the 24th, Mercury will do the same thing. And the fun doesn't stop there. On Sunday the 25th, both Venus and Mercury will square Saturn from 12 degrees of Taurus to Aquarius, and then they will conjoin each other at 13 degrees of Taurus. There is a lot going on here, but this series of squares and conjunctions will bring the focus to something you think you want. That's Mercury and Venus. The Uranian influence will be a wild card, as always. Maybe there's a message that radically disrupts your status quo. Maybe you have an aha moment about someone you care about. Or maybe you feel the overwhelming urge to speak an uncomfortable truth because your value system is being called into question. The need for change of some sort will be palpable and urgent, so you'll rush to make the changes. And then you'll run face first into the brick wall that is Saturn. This is your reality check. Uranus will have you ready to speed off into the distance, and Saturn will tell you how low the speed limit actually is. The energy won't be easy to navigate, and the involvement of Mercury and Venus will bring it into your daily existence. There's no escaping this one. Fortunately, the series of aspects ends on a united front, with Mercury and Venus joining forces, albeit a little worse for the wear. As if this isn't bumpy enough, Monday the 26th brings the full moon in Scorpio. Full moons pit our needs against our wants. They pull us in two opposing directions energetically, which is why people are all over the map during these times. Along the Taurus-Scorpio axis, the focus is on survival. What resources you want for your own personal survival versus what is needed emotionally for the survival of a relationship. This is stubborn energy, folks, and it won't budge unless and until someone backs down. And since neither Taurus nor Scorpio are signs that know how to back down, I wouldn't hold my breath. To top it all off with a nice, big, fat maraschino cherry, Scorpio's ruling planet Pluto stations retrograde on Tuesday the 27th. We've had more than two months of all planets being in direct motion, but soon they'll start falling like dominoes. Pluto's first. He'll be retrograde until October 6th, during which time he will retrace a whopping two degrees from 26 Capricorn down to 24. If you have planets on or near these degrees, or at similar degrees of the other cardinal signs, which are Aries, Cancer, or Libra, take note. You're being given an opportunity to review whether you use or abuse your power and how control issues are showing up in the grand scheme of your life. If you're interested in what the stars have to say for you, please check out my website at misfortuneastrology.com. I offer many different types of tarot and astrology readings, and you can also help support my small business by checking out my shop, where I sell handmade crystal jewelry, candles, and lots of other cool merch. For daily horoscopes and plenty of inappropriate humor, come find me on social media at misfortune1111. Ciao for now. You guys, how much do we appreciate Jess and her energy forecasts? I know I plan my week by what she's going to say, and I hope you do too. I also follow her on all the socials because she gives a little bit more in-depth every single day, and I love her. Her She posts things that her children say. I think they're just as snarky as she is. I love it. <laughs> So we're going to skip paranormal in the news because we're 30 minutes in because we had all the, the Sasquatch talk. And I went first last time. No, you did. Sure. You did. You, you absolutely did. Okay. So 
Why can't I, we keep track of this? I black out every 24 hours. Is what happens. Yeah, and then I don't I don't remember actually. anything. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's we'll healthy. Just go with that. It's healthy. So in the early 18th century, Epworth Rectory in Lincolnshire, <laughs> oh, <Jesus>. England. You didn't even... You gotta hit me with a... And it goes... You gotta oh, give shit. Me the, okay. <laughs> We're rewinding. <laughs> so I... Again, took another story this week from oh. Anom Alien, word for word, because they got some good shit there, just like last week. So I did not write this story. It's from AnomAlien.com. And that story goes a little something like this. Is that better? A round of applause. <laughs> it's the surround sound for the listeners. <laughs> So, in the early 18th century, Epworth Rectory in Lincolnshire, England, was the site of daily poltergeist disruption. The Queen Mary gave over the rectory to the Reverend Samuel Wesley, but his family, especially his daughter Hetty, was not happy with the move into the far, far away rural village. And that's where I was going to put, and that story goes, a little something like this. Ah. So, you get two. Two, two for one. Oh, perfect. The local townsfolk were not particularly welcoming to the stern and severe new clergymen either. They set fire to the rectory in 1709 and injured the pastor's cattle. Lovely people. Oh. You know, sounds just as terrible as today. <laughs> the local townsfolk, I already said that. However, Wesley decided to rebuild the rectory and stay on. So on December 1st, on December 1st, that is 1716, poltergeist activity started at the Epworth Rectory. Dorchester, South Yorkshire. The children and servants brought their complaints to Reverend Wesley. For several nights, they had heard mysterious groans and sounds in their room. In addition to those frightening manifestations, they also heard the sound of footsteps, nope, footsteps ascending and descending the stairs at all hours of the night. Oh, shoot. The sounds of Bottles smashing and pewter plates crashing could be heard in adjoining rooms. But whenever the rooms were checked, of course, nothing had been disturbed. Everything stops. You know, typical poltergeist shit. And at least on one occasion, the bed of daughter Nancy levitated with her on it. I mean, this sounds like some uh, Conjuring 2 shit. Just saying. Yeah. Reverend Wesley was skeptical about the allegations that paranormal manifestations were occurring in his house. After a week of careful nocturnal surveillance. Yeah, you can tell I didn't write this. This is super fucking fancy. Throughout the rectory. Wesley had not even uncovered a stirring mouse. One night at dinner, he told his family that he had been unable to detect any unusual noises in the entire rectory. The Wesleys had four grown daughters who had begun to entertain bows and suitors. One of the oldest daughters wished aloud that the ghost would come knocking at the door of their father's study 
or bedchamber and give him a fright. Oh, sassy teenagers. <laughs> the girls were so peeved with their father that they stubbornly vowed to ignore the disturbances until they became so loud that even he would have to acknowledge them. Ugh. And the next night, nine loud knocks thudded on the walls of Wesley's bedchamber. These girls are so smart. Just saying. Wow. In the morning, Wesley whispered to his wife that he would buy a large dog big enough to gobble up any intruder. Those are actually in quotes. Where the quotes came from, no fucking clue. He whispered it? Apparently so. How do you get well, how do you whisper a whole paragraph to someone? Like when when I wake have up to gobble up an intruder. He's gonna have to gobble up the whole goddamn house. We're gonna get a dog today. When you the moment you wake up, we're just gonna get a dog. And the dog's gonna eat all the spirit, all the knocking spirits. <laughs> like, honey, go to bed. You're talking. You're talking too much. Go to sleep. <laughs> she slept through the whole fucking thing. She's like, "Fuck you." Whatever. Also, who quoted? Where did the quotes come from? If there are two That's people in the bed, what I want to know. This is yeah. a second grade math problem. If there are two people in the bed and one whispers to the other, how does it get out of the room? It doesn't unless one of the other people quotes themselves. Yes, absolutely. However, he had me at this next part. First thing in the morning, the clergyman obtained a huge mastiff and took it into the rectory. (laughs) Such a brute would be able to deal with any spook, he decreed that night. However, as the knocks began to sound, Wesley was startled to see his canine ghostbuster whimper and cower behind (laughs) The frightened children. Duh. I'm just, you should see Luna. I'm telling you, anything, any tap, anything. She's like, what is it? Mom, save me. Venus will go kind of check out a situation, and then she'll look at me and run to me. But she she's at least got, you know, the, the paranormal investigator vibe going on there. So that night, however... Two nights later, the sounds in the house seemed so aggressively violent that Wesley and his wife were forced out of bed to investigate. As they walked through the rectory, the unseen noisemakers seemed to follow them. Mysterious crashing sounds echoed in the darkness. The sound of metal clinking seemed to surround them. The Wesleys somehow managed to maintain their courage and searched every chamber in the rectory for the source of the disruptions. Found nothing except a scared dog, apparently. What is a violent knock? Like, at what point does it become a, like a punch? A violent knock is like, open up police kind of knock is what I'm guessing. Because it's like, is there, is it, are we talking like, like hammering with your with your yes. fist, or are these like knuckle knocks that we're here? Like, oh, I, I would think they're the 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 side of your hand where it's just that dense thud. Okay. I don't know. I'm making this shit up. It's just such a. I mean, I guess you know he probably had a thesaurus on hand. He's like, how do I describe the knocks? Uh, <laughs> violent. <laughs> okay. I I couldn't even find who wrote this story. So I don't know if this is Wesley's firsthand account, but I don't think they had Ghostbusters back there. So anyway, 
Um, Poltergeist activity became a nightly event, usually starting up at about 9.45 p.m. The impending commotion was always preceded by a signal that sounded something like the winding of a very large clock. I found that so interesting. Huh. I'm, I'm, I'm what imagining that what that movie sounds with like. Jack Black. House with a clock Just, in its walls, or how, yes, or, yeah. that's what, instantly where my mind went. Interesting. The, the noises also appeared to follow a pattern that seldom altered. They'd begin in the kitchen, then move up to visit one of the children's rooms, where the ghost would knock on the foot and head of the bed. Wesley demanded to know one night as the knockings in the nursery became ex. Especially explosive. So I, you got me now. I thought we had it at the open up police knock. This must have been insane. Like an axe going through the wall. Yeah. He challenged the ghost to meet him in his study as if to answer to Wesley's challenge. A sharp knock. So many kinds of knocks. (laughs) Sounded on the door of his study, which with such force that the cleric thought the board's would splinter. I just imagine him being like, here, here, ghost, let's take this outside. Come hither. I challenge you, <laughs> I challenge you to a duel outside, of course. Please exit my home, meet me outside, and there we will settle this like men. <laughs> oh no, he didn't even ask it to leave. He's like, come to my study. We'll duke it out there. <laughs> just rolls up the sleeves. He's like, okay, come on. Show <laughs> yourself. Another fucking ghost. <laughs> I just imagine, like, here, like, just the, the era, the period of time. Just like, oh, yeah, roll. and it sounds so Shakespearean, and there's all the ruffles he's got to roll up in the sleeve. That's got to be so hard. Unbuttons the top button and loosens the tie. He's like, okay, okay, show yourself. Snaps his suspenders a couple times very violently. I'll give you a whopping. I'll give you a whopping. Come here. And, and that's how I figure everybody fought, fought in Victorian. T- you guys on Patreon know what, you're talk- <laughs> you what we're talking see. about. So I'm going to cut this like out <laughs> for the listeners. It looks like we're, um, well. Rock'em, we sock'em robots. Sure. You, you went somewhere way uh, more PG than I would have gone, <laughs> but that's the best way to describe it. I mean. Okay. So although there were no more disturbances that evening, Wesley soon found that his invitation had not been ignored. While in his study one evening, an invisible power, in quotes, invisible power, heavily pushed him up against his deck. No, his desk. I I went very naughty in there as I'm picturing this guy. Th- anyway. I could, I could hear your mind. I could hear your mind going there. I've always said that, like the word deck to me, because I have the mind of a very immature, like 12-year-old boy. Every time I hear deck, I think of like someone with a valley accent trying to say. <laughs> Every time I hear it, someone's like, oh, yeah, you want me to do uh... <laughs> you can go jump me on the deck? <laughs> You're like, excuse me? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> and then there was another occasion when he was slammed into the door jam of his study just as he was entering the room. So, you know, you. You um, challenge a ghost, and look what happens. I'm just saying, this is why I'm kind to spirits. Yeah, you you got to be nice. What is it that Shakespeare said? Punks jump up to get beat down. 
This is exactly what Shakespeare said. I think I think I have a first edition of that back on the, the shelves behind me. So after this all went down, Wesley decided to obtain reinforcements for the struggle against the evil because, you know, you challenged the fucker, now he's evil, you know, yep. even though it's all your fucking fault, that had invaded his rectory. He sent for Mr. Hool, H-O-O-L-E, the vicar of Hoaxley, and told him the whole story. Hool listened patiently to his fellow cleric story and told Wesley that he would lead devotions that night. Mm. They would see if the thing would dare to manifest his presence. The ghost was not the least bit awed by the vicar of Hoxley. That night, the goat put on... There's a goat involved? (laughs) This took a turn. It's like Drag Me to Hell as a movie. I mean the ghost. There was a goat involved in that movie and got possessed. Uh You never know. Um, The ghost put on such a powerful demonstration of paranormal power that the clergyman fled in terror, leaving Wesley to combat the unseen demon, as best he could. The children had, by this point, overcome their initial fear of the invisible entity. They're like, oh, that fucker put daddy in his place. I like this guy. He's our new daddy now. His daddy <laughs> he invisible is our new ghost. daddy. <laughs> <laughs> they had come to accept its super- supernatural antics as a welcome relief from the boredom of village life. And then they gave the ghost a name. They decided to call him Old Jeffrey, and the ghost pretty much became the pet of the family. Well, the pet to the old- family, and Daddy, Daddy Old Jeffrey to the kids. <laughs> yeah. so, old Jeffrey told me that I didn't. Papa Jeffrey told me that I didn't have to go to bed until ten o'clock. Exactly. <laughs> we'll just call him OJ. OJ. <laughs> no, that's terrible. We can't do that. Old Jeffrey was observed was a bit testy and temperamental. If any visitor slighted him by claiming that the wrappings were due to, you know, natural clauses, debunked old Jeff, if you will, um, saying it was rats or birds or the winds, old Jeff would quickly intensify so that the doubter stood instantly corrected. I fucking love this guy. This Can I just say that? This yeah. is amazing. Once uh, Mrs. Wesley remembered an ancient remedy for ridding the house of evil spirits, old folklore and texts recommended that those afflicted by bothersome entities should obtain a large trumpet and blow it mightily throughout every room in the house. I have to remember that. You know, I'm helping these people with their, you know, personal hauntings, I'm just going to bring a fucking trumpet and they're going to look at me like I'm batshit crazy. (laughs) So the sounds of a loud horn are allegedly unpleasing to evil spirits, but as we know, old Jeff, he he ain't evil. So, you know, it did nothing. (laughs) Of course. The children seemed welcome to the fact that old Jeffrey would be available during their playtime hours as well. Several witnesses swore that they saw a bed levitate to a considerable height while a number of the Wesley children squeed merrily from the floating mattress. He's a fucking party. Yeah. What a riot. Now, the only thing that scared the children was the sound that old Jeffrey had begun to make at this point. 
it sounded like he was like a trailing robe was kind of following them wherever they went you know the swishy on the i'm assuming they didn't have carpet in the 1700s yeah so the swishing on the wood floors or the stone floors one of the girls declared that she had seen a ghost of a man wearing a long white robe that dragged on the floor a number of the servants testified that they had seen the head of a creature that resembled a rodent peering out from a crack near the kitchen fireplace yeah the the servants they don't know what the fuck they're talking about (laughs) but as suddenly as the poltergeist activity started it abruptly stopped at the end of january 1720 while the entity never returned to harass the rectory with its mischief the memory of its disruptive period of occupancy has remained to challenge both scholars of christian history and the paranormal for more than two centuries. Among the 19 children of Reverend Samuel Wesley, who witnessed 19 fucking kids, are you kidding me? That's a lot of kids. Paranormal experts suggest that the poltergeist phenomena were actually caused by the unleashing of pent-up psychokinetic activity, either on the part of the frustrated Mrs. Wesley, well, you know, husband's getting it in the study from Mm -hmm. old jeff but for like 20 years she was pregnant i mean i'd be a little bitter too yeah um and of those 19 births only five of the children lived past infancy so she you know internally she may Uh. have been causing that's a lot of stuff i read on poltergeist activity is it's well, usually women causing it b- because they're so frustrated and, and stressed out and everything like that. So, I mean, that's wow. pretty much the perfect scenario for that. Or it could have been the daughter, Hetty, um, who hated the rectory and was at that poltergeist triggering age somewhere between 14 and 19 years old. And they're not going to rule out the fact that it was possibly the villagers who wanted to drive old man wesley out um because they hated him anyway but there you have it kids i thought it was a good time it uh yeah that is extremely fascinating i just love how it was this huge deal and then all of a sudden it was like nah he's just, just hanging out only thing that's scary is this spooky little robe and that's it everything else is yeah. great and then poof He's gone. That's the crazy thing about poltergeist activity. It never yeah. goes on forever. It just one day it's there and the next day. I wonder if they get bored. The poltergeists. If it is. I feel like, activity. yeah. Or they've just, they're trying to find that sort of way back and then they finally do. And they're like, I have yeah. found happiness. I will now disappear. And then they're gone. <laughs> that's well, it. Yeah. Let's throw this over to a couple commercials, and then Nick, you got a story. I got a, I got a story. Awesome. Okay, you may have heard or may not have heard, but our newest podcast partner is freaking Chewy, guys. I know we we talk about our pets all the time, and we kind of love our pets a little too much, just like you guys. But we're always looking for ways to save money in these current financial times. Chewy's it. Type in tinyurl.com slash OFChewy. You 
help support the podcast. I personally get both our dog's food and our dog's treats and a couple other things sent on a monthly basis directly from Chewy with their subscription service. So please check it out. Please help us out by subscribing to all your Chewy goods at tinyurl.com slash OF Chewy. My dogs will thank you. Do you have big dreams and think you'd love to run your own business? You might see a need in your community or the world that you think you can help fill. Or maybe you just really crave the freedom to work from when and where you want. I'm Jackie Pretzman, and I help women to create businesses they love. I've partnered with Oddity Files to bring you details about Dream Business Bootcamp, my online course to kickstart your business in six weeks. In the course, we cover everything from getting clear on your business idea to creating and pricing your first offering, getting your business online, and then actually attracting ideal customers who want to pay you for what you do. Now, Dream Business Bootcamp is opening for enrollment this month, and Kitsy has something special to share just for Oddity Files listeners. She's right, guys. I do. Here's your special link for Jackie's Dream Business Bootcamp. Go to tinyurl.com slash dreambusinessbootcamp today. Thanks, Jackie. Looking for something a little scarier and creepier to listen to during your podcast binges? Well, check out Get Scared Podcast. Every episode, I read stories by independent horror authors that are meant to get you scared. Yeah, I can be creepy. So, so head on over to your favorite podcast app, search for Get Scared Podcast. I'm Kitsy Duncan. Let's get scared. Need more scares in your life? Well, duh, we've got you. Just head over to tinyurl.com slash get shutter and you'll automatically get seven days free of this all horror all the time streaming network from their endless selection of the best in horror the original programming and exclusive content to their flexible membership plans shutter is exactly what you need plans start at under five bucks a month and yes you can cancel at any time i mean what are you waiting for tinyurl.com slash get shutter tinyurl.com slash get shutter g-e-t-s-h-u-d-d-e-r let's get scared find out why people are calling paranormal crossroads a great spiritual journey or groundbreaking, heartfelt, funny, this new series is absolutely amazing. Just head to tinyurl.com slash paranormal X road. That's the letter X. This all female paranormal team, including myself, Kitsy Duncan, KJ, and spirit medium, Tiffany Rice. Go where no paranormal show has gone before. We head to people's homes and places of work where they're dealing with a haunting of any kind. Nine times out of ten, there's happy tears, there's laughter. This is the paranormal show you've been waiting for. We're adding new episodes monthly 
And this is a show you don't want to miss. No screaming, no demons, all the love, light, peace, and positivity, and bringing family members closure. Head on over to tinyurl.com slash paranormal X road. That's X as in the letter X. Extra, extra, read all about it. Okay, so that was lame. But we have a new merch store, my friends. Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Guys, we've got everything there. We're still adding more. The prices are much more cost effective there. And the store is so easy to navigate. What are you waiting for? Head on over to tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Get your merch on. Nick, Sorry. tell me your story. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> okay. I don't know how to pronounce this last name correctly. Uh, I'm going to say it's oh, Averill. It oh, sure. Averill. Doug Averill is the storyteller of this story. This comes from Outside Online. It's like a campy magazine. And this was very fascinating because it didn't come from Reddit. This just came from another website. Nice. So, surprise. Uh, Doug Averill grew up as one of eight boys on his parents' sprawling dude ranch, the Flathead Lake Lodge in rural Montana. I've always wanted to go to a dude ranch. Same. I mean, I've never, I don't really know what a dude ranch is, like a ranch with a bunch of dudes just like like some lassos, lassos and you know, <laughs> cleaning shit out of the horse ass- stables. <laughs> That's what assless chaps. Uh, I just imagine there's a lot of like. I don't know what all that. Maybe it depends on which dude ranch <laughs> you're at. <laughs> Listen, this is this is the way that I imagine it to be, and I just want <laughs> you have your dreams, sir. Just a bunch of dudes like. Like poorly lassoing, like very poorly, like not it's the, the the lassos aren't even knotted correctly. They're just trying to get them like to stay swinging, and all the while they're just yep. You just never turns into a. But circle. there's like forty of yeah. them doing it. No, it's never a full circle. It's sort of like a like a floppy loop. <laughs> that's and, not all that's floppy in those like assless chaps. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You just imagine you you pull up to this dude ranch and you're like, oh okay, and you pull up and it's just a bunch of dudes in cowboy hats and assless chaps with these floppy circles, circle lassos, and you get out of the car and you hear like the, you just hear enough of it going. You're like, we should probably. They're all going, Hattie, Hattie, Hattie. They all they all turn at one time and look at you like a scene from SpongeBob, and at the same time they go, Hattie, never, never, never. That's what a dude ranch is. Well, this story is ruined. Um, (laughs) Totally my bad. No, it's totally my bad as well. As a teen, the Averill Averill boys, whatever, ran wild, uh, saying, quote, we rode around as a little gang of cowboys, he remembers. They'd saddle up and head off to check cattle on the three giant tracts of land the family managed, which formed a triangle around some of the state's most remote rangelands. One summer in the 1960s, the brothers came across a ghastly sight. There, on the ground, were three dead cows neatly arranged in a circle. No obvious wounds were visible, but the reproductive organs had been removed. Uh, quote, but there was never any blood. It was almost surgical removal. Quote, uh, Averill remembers. 
Mm. You know, I recently heard a story about how our, Chris and I were watching something, but it was confirmed by one of Carter's friends. You know when they castrate bulls and stuff? They just kind of put a clamp on it, cut them off, and then they cauterize it so it doesn't bleed. Huh. Well, that's like, I guess that's the whole theory of, of uh, alien surgeries is because they're using tools that are laser based if you believe in those kinds of aliens that it it is basically uh draining draining sealing the blood whatever it may be well this is more than just the the dangly bits this is like full reproductive shit okay gotcha this is the whole dang thing during this decade america was obsessed with aliens and write-ups in the local newspaper posted it posted I don't know. Uh, claimed that perhaps this was the work of extraterrestrials. <laughs> People mused that aliens had taken the reproductive organs for testing. But one day, Averill and his friends came across a lance in their path. Attached to it was a cryptic note with a threatening message. That's when we thought, it's got to be people doing this, he says. Then things got really strange. Over the next few days, a series of odd events unfolded. First, the brothers stopped in a, at a local bar to grab a hamburger, leaving their horses in the back of a stock truck. The horses were packed in tightly, and the Averils were only gone for a few minutes. When they came back, the horse packed into the middle of the truck was mysteriously out with no signs of struggle. We had no idea how they possibly could have gotten that horse unloaded without unloading all the others, he says. The next day, a new wrangler on the ranch fell off his horse and was badly injured. They'd all been riding together, but not a single other member of the crew saw the accident. It was the weirdest thing, Averill says. The man's injuries were so severe that he was left permanently disabled. Oh, shit! (laughs) Yeah. Finally, the last terrible thing happened. An old camp cook drove out to meet the brothers and ride for a day. But when he arrived, the tailgate on his stock truck had somehow gone missing, even though it had been there when he'd loaded up. His horse, Betsy, had fallen out of the truck and been dragged behind the vehicle for who knows how long. Oh, Betsy, honey, that's terrible. They gave the horse a name and then immediately told us that horse had been dragged for God knows how long. Yeah, terrible. Uh, They had to put her down on the spot. To be honest, it just killed him to see what had happened to Betsy. We probably should have put him down too, remembers Averill. Jesus. Those three... Wait, no. What did I miss? Apparently the old... The camp cook who was driving was so bummed about Betsy... They were like, he was so distraught, probably should have put him down, too. Oh, fuck. These people are terrible. No wonder people want to fuck with them. Or aliens. Whatever. Those three events were just boom, boom, boom. Three things in a row that were so weird, all tied together, because they were right after we saw that spear, he remembers. Three things, like the three dead cows left in a circle. Mm, Everything happens in threes. Mm-hmm. Averill used to tell the stories from that summer around the campfire quite a lot, but over the years, he's gotten new stories, and so they've been shifted out of rotation. Besides, they're awfully grim. But he recently got a call about a down bull, a buffalo. It was out in one of the most remote parts of his ranch. A neighbor had seen a pack of 16 wolves, and normally wolves don't bother buffalo, but 16 of them? 
I thought, well, maybe. He went to investigate. There, lying in a snow-covered field, was the bull. But there were no bullet holes or teeth marks or gashes on its corpse. Even stranger, scavenging animals and birds hadn't touched it. Oh, Not even the buzzards, which is really unusual, he says. One other thing was amiss. Its reproductive organs were gone. And there wasn't a single footprint in the snow around it or anywhere along the mile-long walk into the ranch from the nearest road. Ask Averill whether he thinks he's dealing with aliens or humans, and he'll tell you he's pretty sure it's humans. Quote, But I'd rather it was aliens, he adds. After that summer back in the 60s, seeing what humans were capable of, he'd pick aliens any day. But there were no footprints in the snow. Uh Uh-huh. That's Mm. it. He's just a skeptic is what he is. He sounds like a skeptic. But um, Terrifying. Very interesting. Mm -hmm. Very interesting, very terrifying. And the thing is, I feel like we have a lot of stories that exist like that of skeptics who tell these campfire stories and just don't have answers because they're refusing to acknowledge that the answers that they might uh, find maybe might not be something that they really want to find. It's fear. (laughs) It's all fear-based. Yeah. I fully agree with that. Yeah. Totally. So. Super spooky. Um, Loved it. Yeah, I uh, I was super fascinated by it. I don't I don't even know how I stumbled upon it, but I was like, what a cool story with with a very open ended ending. But you know, that's what the listeners are for. They can make it out to be whatever they want it to be, and I think there might or might not have been aliens involved. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna side with you, sir, on that hashtag Team Aliens, even though they scare me. Um, the horse out of the middle of the 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 trailer that nobody could have gotten to. Uh, I don't know, and I don't know that I like the Averils because they wanted to put the cook down. Just saying, Bessie was yeah, wonderful. Maybe, maybe he's an alien. <gasps> but he was torn up, so I don't know. I'm saying that maybe the Averils were a family of aliens, like Third Rock from the Sun, and they're just down here doing their thing, telling stories of the things that they're doing. You're a genius, sir. I'm just saying, anything's gonna, possible. I'm going to have anything's to sign. possible. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on this. I'm with you just, on this. <laughs> just look beneath the Denver airport, and you'll find all the answers you're looking for. <laughs> just kidding, Am I right? Right. No. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, oh, lizards, God. people, I'm just saying. Anything's possible. It is. <laughs> Um, I did have a story. We're going to have to skip it this time because we went a little long with the uh, Sasquatch documentary talk. But it was from our good friend, Evan Scott. So I'll read that next week. Who I was, I did have the pleasure of meeting last weekend. So I appreciate him being there. Yeah, but guys, send us your stories. we're, We're getting a few in here and there. We can always use more. It's oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. Also, check us out on all the stuff and all the things. We're at flow.page slash oddityfiles. Huge shout out to our executive producers, Doug Malden-Locke, Donald Blanche Flower, and Ryan Hoke. On that note, weird is the new cool. Oh, are you going to do your name? Oh, yeah, I'm Kitsy Duncan. Weird is the new cool. <laughs> and I'm Nick Floyd, ghost on. 
I'm like, shit, what did I fuck up? Why is he so quiet? Did he lose my connection? Perfect. Disconnected. <laughs> Oddity Files is part of the Just What I Needed network. We hope we're just what you needed. The podcast is brought to you by the Oddity Files TV show. Have you heard of it? Have you watched it? Head on over to Amazon Prime Video and check out Oddity Files, a three-season investigative paranormal show. Music provided by James Grice. Please support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash oddityfiles. Give a little, give a lot. It helps support the podcast. And we appreciate our producers, Donald Blanchflower, Doug Malden-Locke, and Ryan Hoke. We have a merch store. Can't get enough of Oddity Files? Wear us on your body. tpublic.com slash stores slash oddity dash files. Please support our partners. Every little bit helps. Rate review, and subscribe, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's what helps us get the word out there. And you know, we can always use a new weirdo or two. Come hang out with us on our Facebook fan group. Just search Oddity Files fan group. All kinds of fun stuff. You can win things. You can read memes. You can buy cool shit. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Okay. Go. I'm done. What are you still doing here? Just get out of here. God, I love Ferris Bueller. <laughs>